So when you're desiring to be chosen, it's like, is if you give me any little bit of attention or affection or any of this, it's, it's satiating that need on the inside, right? That says, what about me? Coming into the situation, knowing that you're already chosen kind of removes that. So then your eyes are open to see something different. It's like, no, I'm already chosen. So you can't give me this low level stuff and me think that this is okay, right? Hey friend, I'm Robin May and a few of the professional hats that I wear includes being a transformational speaker, a life coach, and a licensed therapist. And personally, well, I'm a wife, a mommy to three girls, and a pastor's wife, just to name a few. Girl, I'm over here doing all the things while trying to stay in shape and keep my skin clear. But the truth is, I don't want to be known for being busy. I think that's a scheme that somebody set up. No, I want to be known for living a life that is in perfect alignment with what God intended. And I want to help you do the same. So it's with that in mind, I'd like to welcome you right here to Intentional Conversations with Robin May and friends. Over here, we're creating a safe space to have real conversations with real women on real topics. This is a judgment-free zone where we can be vulnerable and honest and curious about our lives so that we can elevate not just what we do, but who we are. So if any of that resonates with you, again, welcome to our safe space. This is Intentional Conversations with Robin May and friends. Hello, everybody. I'm super excited. I always say that. I always say I'm super excited, Mm -hmm. but I am because this podcast really is my opportunity to connect with all of you consistently for us to have our little community over here. And I'm going to even call it little, our big community over here where we can engage. And as you know, we are in the middle of a series called These Dating Streets or Navigating These Dating Streets, The Dating Dilemma. And I am bringing on different girlfriends to have a conversation. My girl, Anika, is here with us. And listen, I need y'all to understand when I'm bringing my girlfriends on to talk about dating, this is for real because I get on their nerves when it comes to them. (laughs) I get on their nerves. I don't play the radio with these men. I am serious about my girls finding the love of their life. And so we are going to dive into this conversation. But before we do, remember, I am relaunching Before You Take His Name, a Christian perspective to saying I do. It launches in March. We are redoing the cover. I have adjusted some of the questions. Not a lot, because what's powerful There's a lot of the information I wrote way back, I think in 2008, let me make sure, 2008, yes, these questions still apply, um, but I'm just kind of updating it a little bit for uh, 2024 and beyond. And so make sure you grab your copy, go to robinmayonline.com slash order books, robinmayonline.com slash order books to get your copy. Well, I'm excited to welcome my sister, Anika. Hey, girl. Hey, Robin May. Thank you so much for having me on. No, I'm so happy to have my friend with me. Um, She and I have been friends for many, many years, and we hold each other down. That's what I love about my sister friends. I might hold them down in the area of relationships or whatever other area, but trust, they hold me down in my areas as well. They help me know when I'm tripping, when I'm not tripping, they validate, they challenge. And so we do it for one another. Anika, I am so happy to have you here. Before I start diving into all your business on recording, <laughs> tell the people a little bit about you, where you're from. Um, just want folks to know about you. 
Um, I'm from Chicago originally. Um, I live in Seattle now. I, I never thought that I would move to the West Coast, but West Coast living is where it's at. Just thought I girl. Yeah, she keeps trying to get me to come down there and visit. Why is it up there? It's up for you. It's up and over. Like it is the the most northernest part, but it's amazing. Now it's not a lot of us here, but it's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've been, I went to school in Atlanta. That's where Robin and I met, and just have been. Uh, I'm a I am what they call the event coach. So I've been doing event planning for a long time. I'm currently a the regional director at Microsoft for events. So just, you know, and the trajectory, the trajectory of my person, my professional relationship has, uh, my professional life has been really well, yeah. right? Like it really has. Yeah. I've seen myself grow with leaps and bounds. So, you know, God has been really, really faithful to me. So real quick though, when it comes to your, speak up a little bit, Anika, so that they can, yeah. I can make sure that they hear you. Okay. But um, when it comes to your professional life, you say they call you the events coach. Everybody, including you, needs to call you the events coach because you know how to take an event, <laughs> a regular old event and take it to the next level. So not only do you do this um, on your paid uh, corporate gig, you also do this as your business as well, correct? I mean, I know that's correct, but tell the people a little bit about it, that. It is true. So I've, I'm, I would like to say I'm on a little bit of a hiatus, but I'm really never on a little bit of a hiatus because my friends never allow me to be on a hiatus. Um, and how you know that it's your gift is because it pulls to you, right? No matter what mm -hmm. you do, whether you stop or not, is gonna pull from you. It's it, So I'm seeing things or people will ask me things or I'm creating things in my mind where now in my professional life, I'm not as hands-on on my nine to five, right? So it's more of a strategic level, but it doesn't matter. It's still in you. Like you're still like, when people say something to me, I'm like, oh, you could do this and that, right? So <laughs> like- I love um, that. One of our girlfriends always be like, you always have these million dollar ideas. I want to put Ferris wheels in your backyard, like stuff like that. So, you know, it's just, it never stops. Absolutely. Well, wait, Nikki, you wrote a book. Look, Tyler. <laughs> wait, can people get it? Um, Probably not. See, this is where we're going to go down a whole different path. You <laughs> wrote a whole book to help people elevate their events. I did. So what happened was I was doing some church events and um, I think sometimes in ministry. Girl, we, you're about to say, I want you to say it. <laughs> I want you to say it. But sometimes every time <laughs> I walk into one of our events here at TFC, I think about you because there is a cardinal rule that you have that mm -hmm. we do all time. We can keep going. Rule number one is, no plastic tablecloths, okay? Please, I think we should actually take them out of business. Like, I, unless you are doing an arts and crafts special with your kids, there should be no need for a plastic tablecloth. I don't understand why people are keeping these. It's just, it, it's, you can see through them. Um, they don't go all the way to the floor. Like they get ripped. I and you, they have them in so many colors that I'm thinking. I think that's why people think it's okay because they're like, oh, this matches my scheme, my aesthetic. It doesn't. It you could just have a regular black linen that goes to the floor. We'll just elevate it so much yeah. more. But yeah, I know this is not. But this is we got to talk about this, Anika. Every time I walk into a TFC event, I think Anika 
would be ready to fight us. Oh. Girl, I did a reel the other day. Y'all, this is real story. I did a <laughs> reel from our couples event and I'm showing the the decorations. And I was like, Anika is probably <laughs> going to DM me. I'm so proud that you didn't because we I have, but here's the deal. <laughs> It's not my, it's not the team here because the team here is serious about decor. The one of the, we have several people who kind of help us make it look good and they are serious about decor and we have the linen tablecloths. But let me tell you the issue, pastor of the church, I ain't going to say his name, okay? <laughs> but the pastor of the church said, if I get one more $800 cleaning bill, then y'all all go, everybody gonna get fired. So they like, but what maybe we could do is use the 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 linen and put something over it to protect it. Yeah, but you know you can wash them yourselves, right? See, she ain't giving us no no leeway. <laughs> you can really you like put them in can, the washing machine. Yeah, like I'm sure you have people on the committee, like you all can divvy them up, and people can take like five home at a time and wash them yourselves. You you don't have to send them to the cleaners. You can wash them on. Put a little spot cleaner on them, wash them on delicate, bring them out, iron them, steam them. So I don't know. Anika, baby, they are in the, when we finish this Zoom, when we finish this interview, I promise y'all, I'm taking my phone, putting her on Marco, because she does Marco for me, because I don't have an iPhone. I don't care. And I'm going to take you in the room, and I'm going to show you how nicely, shout out to Shama, how nicely Shama has them hanging in there. Neat. Shout out to Shama. <laughs> Okay, so that's what that's who Anika is. That's not just who she is. Let me say that. That's what she does professionally and for her business. She is just phenomenal. She has not told y'all she is the prophet to the prophets, baby. If you need a word from the Lord, if you have a dream, you need to call. Don't call my girl because there's enough of us calling. Her. You need to find you one like her. Call her. She is. She loves God. And we're going to get into that when it comes to these dating streets. Now, tell the people a little bit about your current relational status. Are you single? Um, ever been married? Do you have any children? I've never been married. I have no children. I have thousand nieces, nephews, and guy kids, um, which they keep me active. I'm very grateful for them. Um, I am dating. Um, but yeah, I'm dating in these dating streets. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. So this conversation is going to be so good because for many reasons, I'm not going to go there, but before we get started, I want to talk a little bit first about your story because I interviewed my girl Latrice um, for the first interview of this series. And one of the things we spent a lot of time talking about was her upbringing, because the truth is your backstory tells a lot about your current story. So whoever is listening, even if you aren't single, if you're married, how you're showing up in your marriage, I'm telling you, your story, your childhood plays a part into that. So I want to share, I want you to share a little bit about your experiences. So you told us you're from Chicago. Who were your primary caregivers? How would you describe your childhood? Tell us a little bit about that. So um, my primary caregivers up until I was seven, yeah, were my parent, my mother, and my father. My father left the house when I was seven. Um, I have an older sister. She was 14. That's important. You'll know why in a minute. Um, I have an older sister. She was 14. So we're seven years apart. And 
from what I can remember, my father and I were very, very close. Like I was a daddy's girl growing up. He had me all the time. We did a lot of things together and then he was gone. Um, and he actually had a whole nother family after, right? So he left, went to live with another woman. They had four boys. And so that became the sore spot because I was kind of left out, right? The challenge though is, my father still decided to maintain a relationship with my sister. So we have the both the same mother and father, right? But he decided for whatever reason, I'm still going to stay in contact and be a father to my sister, just not to me. Um, so that- Now, wait, let's jump in. Practically, how did that play out? Like, would it be he would call the house? Like, how did well, that play out? he would out? do things for her. Um, they would stay in contact. She would see him a lot. So my mom- you know, she was amazing. She never said anything bad about him. I never knew anything bad about him. She would make me go be with him, go see him. But for the provision and the emotional relationship, he gave that to her, you know, and I don't know if it was because she was older and they were in each other's lives longer. But for example, say I needed something in school and I would call him and say, I need this. He'd be like, oh, I just send money to your sister. I can't give you nothing. Like that would be a constant, you know what I mean? Or even, oh, I just did your, I just did this for the boys. I don't have nothing else for you. So it would really be just me, right? Like she, Girl. yeah. So it would be me that he would not give to, knowingly or unknowingly, for whatever reason he had at that time. Um, Wait, let me jump in again. So what did that did that, or what did that do? I have two questions to you and your sister's relationship. Um, so we weren't really close growing up anyway, right? And with a seven year difference, yeah, that can be hard. And she I was I probably got on her nerves. I was probably annoying. I wanted to wear all her stuff and do our thing. She put a lock on her door so I couldn't get in get in here and get her stuff. But she um so it wasn't we weren't close, you know. We just she didn't really like me. I she was an only child for seven years, you know. So mm -hmm. it didn't like, what is this little girl doing? And my my mother and father were going through at the time when I kind of came along anyway. So I can't imagine what that dynamic was like for her, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, she we just began our to have a you know a better relationship now as an adult. But as growing up, it wasn't great. Um, so when this was going on with your father, and your father was boldly not doing for you, but doing for your sister and for his new family. What was your mom saying to you or was she saying anything to you about that? No, not really. Cause the, all the other part of it was, so I don't have a lot of memories of during that time. Right. For whatever reason. Um, well, we, we know, we know well, that. Okay. We know yeah. for those listening, we know that there is a lot of reasons. And that's why I yeah. love these kind of conversations because our um, subconscious will protect us or we will protect ourselves um, from some traumatic experiences. Um, Anika, I don't remember if I've ever told you this, but I remember one of my supervisors when I was in training as a therapist, I am, you know, I'm a realist and, and I'm pulling the covers off and I'm making you look at the, look at the truth, look at the truth, right? And so, one of my and any clients listening is probably like she's still like that but one of my supervisors said be gentle with helping people get to the truth that's good because their capacity to handle it may not be there that's true and that impacted me deeply now my girlfriends y'all may not get the benefit of that <laughs> wisdom 
Okay. <laughs> but so when you said, I don't know why we, we know why. Okay. So keep going. So you, I was asking you what your mother was saying and you said, you don't have a lot of memory about things. I don't have a lot of memory of that part. Um, my mom was, um, got sick when I was 13, 12, 12, 11, 12. So essentially she wasn't really there, you know, like she wasn't available to help. Conversely, she also had had found somebody who really, as an adult now, I get it. Like he loved her. I'm happy for her now, right? In the moment I was given Harpo, who is this nigga? You know, <laughs> Harpo, who is this man? Because I, I, I needed something for me. Right. I needed somebody to pay attention to Anika. And I felt like I just wasn't getting, do you know what I mean? And then now my mom is in this great, again, now phenomenal. She's in this great relationship with this man who loves her and is he obsessed with her and he's taking her all of these places and they're dating and they're doing things. But for me, I felt left out, you know, cause she like, I'm, I, you can stay with your auntie, your grandmama, I'm going here, we going on road trips. And so we're actually the same age now. Right. So then this was happening for her. So I can understand how. Oh, girl, wait, Anika. I don't know. We've talked about that insight right there. Your therapist is good. Tell your therapist <laughs> I see. Tell your therapist I love her. But because Anika, that correlation, the fact that now as a single or a woman that's dating, you can see probably yeah. what story she was yeah. telling herself to validate what was happening. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Cause let me tell you, I, I, I mean, I don't have a dog, a child, but I got a dog. I'd be like, okay, Shiloh, you're going to go ahead and go to the sitter for like seven days. It's fine, but <laughs> you're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. Well, wait a minute. By then you are four, you're 14. Yeah. I'm about, yeah, I'm about 14, 13, 14. Cause she got, so she died. I was 16 when she died. So she was sick for like four years. So yeah, during that time. You're about 14 years old. And that means yeah. you're a teenager. And teenagers make us all sick, okay? Yeah, okay. I get it. I, was, oh. I wasn't a great teenager. And but, even if you were, like my girls are good, but they be smelling themselves, right? So you, you're dealing that part. Okay. So that's uh -huh. happening. And then fast forward, you turn 16 and she passes away. Yep. She's gone. So my senior in high school she 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 had, first of she all had, why were you a senior at 16 maybe 17 16 17 no I, when i started i was six i don't know robin 16, okay 16. okay it, keep going maybe i was 94 let me see let me add that's okay you know i get caught up on the wrong parts of the story okay keep going right. 16 17 i don't remember but um so she when she initially got it she had beat it she was in remission and so, and then it came back very aggressively and she went down pretty quickly. So I remember, I can definitely remember in like September, October, November, her starting to go down and by March she was gone. Um, the other thing is everybody had moved into my home. My grandparents, my aunt and my uncle, me, my sister, my mom all lived in the home because they were taking care of her. And I was just not happy, you know, and I wanted to be with my friends and I didn't want to do none of the stuff that was, they was trying to get me to do stuff. I probably had a flip mouth. Like looking back on it, I understand why I'm hurting. You know, I'm 15. My mama's dead. My, my mama's dying. My father's not there. Nobody's really, again, nobody is really there for me. Right. And so it's probably where my people pleasing started. Um, and so, um, just saying, 
And so that became kind of the foundation for me, nobody being there for me, you know what I mean? And being okay and accepting that, that nobody was there for me and that, and letting, and being like, well, this must be the norm, right? So I need to be there for everybody else. And then nobody should, I shouldn't have to expect anybody to be there for me. I'm not about to cry on this, on this show. Um, I'm not, I don't need to expect that, right? I need to be able to settle for the fact that my needs and my wants can go overlooked. Um, okay, breathe, because I can see it happening, honey. Breathe, yeah. breathe, breathe. Yeah, but this this is this is why we do these conversations. So I'm gonna pause. We're gonna breathe. <laughs> and I'm gonna talk to the audience. This is why I have these types of friends who can come onto this conversation and be vulnerable and real. And my prayer is her vulnerability is, ex is exposing a place in you, again, whether you're married or not, or single or not, exposing a part of you where you began to tell yourself your own story. Because Anika was telling herself a story. And this is what's so amazing. Anika, if you want to go off screen for a little bit, you can. Okay. If you're not, you don't have to. Okay. This is the powerful thing about the stories we tell ourselves. Watch this, y'all. The challenge is there's enough truth in the story that we believe the rest of the story. So when you hear me say, you gotta be careful of the story you're telling yourself, sometimes that can land in a way that feels in like it's being invalidated, like the story isn't true. No, what it is is that there are parts of the story that is true, but then we began to build out the rest. And yeah. that's why for my people of faith, we always have to come back to the truth. Yeah. which is the word of God for my yeah. people of faith. If you're not a person of faith, you have to find whatever your truth is. But for this podcast, we're talking about the truth being the word of God. And Anika, that's why I don't play about us taking scripture out of context. We got to keep the scripture in context yeah. so that we can get the real truth. Okay, so. All right. <laughs> go ahead from there. Um. So <clears throat> I was you know, I was a senior, so I was getting ready to go to college and I went to college with my best friend from high school, right? And it was so amazing because God, even though there are things that we don't have, he'll always give us something to replace it. And I am very fortunate that every true friend that I have in my life, they have invited me into their family. It's the mm -hmm. weirdest thing, but they mm -hmm. do like I become part of their family, they mom, they sisters, all of that, right? So um, my best friend in high school, her mama, her, all of them, they embraced me. Like I would stay with them a lot. We were still in school. My mom was sick. And so we went to college together, right? So we were roommates and, you know, we went through that course together. And I believe that God set that for me, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so my mom, before my mom passed, she had asked my aunt and uncle when she died to take care of me. And I think that they just weren't really equipped for it, right? They were going through their own thing. Again, knowing this now, you know, and they didn't have children. So you got this girl who's devastated. Her mom's dead. She's, you know, emotionally probably not really there. She's not listening to you. I'm probably, you know, I'm I'm not really the most uh, attentive or the most obedient person at that point. I forgot to flip mouth. I'm doing all of this stuff. And then I come into your home and then you just lost your sister, you know? So it's a mm -hmm. lot of things happening. And then you're going through something in your own life. So it's a lot of things happening that I still felt like I'm still being pushed to the side. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? 
It's like, I know that that's the enemy's plan for my life is to always make me feel like I just made it. I just didn't make it. I'm just not enough to be this person. Like, I know that that's his, his desire for me because anytime something will happen, that's the thought is like, see, you just, just wasn't this, wasn't enough for that. You know what I mean? You just weren't enough for that. Like the store. So for those who are listening, because Nikki, you've done a lot of therapy. You've done a lot of work on your heart. You allow the Holy Spirit to shine a light on the dark places so that you can get clarity. You got your friends. So you have discovered your wound, your internal wound. So can you share what is that wound that keeps coming up for you? You just kind of shared it, but kind of break that down. Um, unworthiness is the room, is the wound that comes up. Um, and what happens is things or situations will come to attack that, to say, you're not worthy for this. Like you don't deserve this, or it's because of you that this is happening type of thing. Right. And, and so it causes me to be like, what can I do? How can I fix this? What, what can I change about myself? It's really funny. You probably don't even remember this. We were in Chicago one time and we were walking down the street downtown and you said, Anika, you cannot add one more eyelash to your eye to make you, <laughs> there is not an eyelash that you can add to your eye to make you any better than you are right now. And it stuck with me, right? Like it just, I go back to those moments sometimes because you, no matter what happens, because here's the tricky part about therapy. Therapy is amazing. I would not be where I am without it, but it doesn't stop the wounds from presenting themselves, right? All it does is say, let me reach in my toolbox to see how I can overcome this. But they still yes. come, right? Even as yes. believers, right? The enemy still going to tempt us with that thing, no matter what it is. Now, we may be fully um, over that at that point, but he still comes for that wound for me, no matter Girl. what. It doesn't matter if it's romantic, relational work. It comes for me. And I have to remind myself, no, that's not who you are. Now it may take and you. part of your and part of your one of your toolkits, ladies. That's why I am serious about you getting off of isolation island. One of your toolkits are your people, your friends, yes. people who can say, uh, uh-uh, we're not, yes. we're not doing that on this side. No, yes. you're the bomb. You're my or or mm-hmm. friend. You tripping, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one of the toolkits. Your prayer is toolkit. Your own internal dialogue. I wanna, I wanna say this that. If you're, if you're listening to the podcast, Anika, some people listen, some people watch. If you're listening, I want you to head on over to YouTube <laughs> so you can see how gorgeous she is, so you can see how fly she is. You are hearing how intelligent she is. You know that she's shared with us already that her career has had an upward mobility. You know she loves Jesus. She has friends. I'm saying all of those things because sometimes we'll say man, if I was cuter or if I had more money or if I, it doesn't matter. All of us have a place. And that's why a place, when I, let me finish that sentence. All of us have a place in our hearts where we are wounded. And Anika, we, we're about to get to dating y'all. But mm-hmm. recently, Anika, you and I were talking and it gave me an aha that maybe my clients have benefited from. Because remember we were talking and I was, we were talking about, you know, wounding. And it came to me that the truth is, I've even, like I said, my clients have benefited from it, that when the wound is deep enough and has occurred long enough, even when we've done a lot of work, certain situations can re-injure that or at least aggravate it. Yes. 
And so we often will find ourselves saying, I thought I was over this. Why am I still dealing with this? But it's not that you haven't done the work. It just happens to be a vulnerable place. So it's not that you still feel it. It is what you do with it. So remember, I was like, Anika, honey, you have already passed calculus on this issue. We're not going back to basic math. You have passed calculus. You feel it. Now you know what to do with it. So I hope that that helps somebody. It's like a basketball player who had a knee injury. He can move a certain way on the court and it hurts. It doesn't mean he didn't do years of therapy on it. He just moved a certain way. So now he just needs to go ice it. He don't need to quit the game. Just go ice your knee so that it can feel better. So ladies, sometimes we got to ice that place where we are wounded so that we can keep going. So you've broken down to us. You've talked about your story. You've talked about kind of that internal wound. Let's move to dating. I'm going to ask you a big question. We're taking a big leap, y'all. We're going all the way from that to this. How has that wound showed up for you when dating? Not necessarily who you're dating now, but just in general. Um, It's shown up in quite a few ways. Uh, In the past, I would kind of accept treatment that I shouldn't have accepted, right? Just because you want to be chosen instead of knowing that you chose it. You know what I mean? Like that's a different thing. Um, Desiring for you to choose me and knowing that I'm chosen is two different things. Anika, y'all, you can't, you cannot say that. You cannot drop that bomb and think I'm not going to jump in. Help the people understand a, you, a little bit more about what you mean. It's one thing to desire to be chosen, but to come from a foundation of knowing that you're chosen. Break that down. So when you're desiring to be chosen, it's like, is if you give me any little bit of attention or affection or any of this, it's, it's satiating that need on the inside, right? That says, what about me? Coming into the situation, knowing that you're already chosen kind of removes that. So then your eyes are open to see something different. It's like, no, I'm already chosen. So you can't give me this low level stuff and me think that this is okay, right? Absolutely. Um, and I think for me, that was a that was a growth place for me. It took me a lot of years and a lot of therapy and a lot of friendship conversations to get there. And still today, my friends will be like, now you know you're the bomb, right? And you, you have to have that. You've got to have people that will remind you that, no, baby, you've already been chosen. And that doesn't just show up in my romantic relationships. It shows up in familial and friendships. Like there, there can be certain situations where you can feel a little slighted. You know what I mean? And then it's like, you're trying to work hard to get back to a place. I'm overworking for a friendship that I'm already in. Does that make Uh, sense? Yes, it (laughs) makes sense. Like, that's the craziest thing for people that you know accept you and then you're trying to do double work. Like, I spent a lot of years exhausting myself saying yes to stuff, spending finances that I didn't have to do for friendships that I already had. And that's that part right there. And just the freedom to say, no, I'm not really feeling that right now. And being okay with it. Before yes. I would be like, oh my God, what if they decide that they don't want to be my friend? Or what if they decide this? And we torment ourselves with those thoughts, right? Like we're we're thinking, I'm stupid for thinking that, but it's a thought that most people are thinking, but we're Absolutely. saying 
bombards us with those thoughts so much that we think it's just us. So to your point, you'll begin to isolate because clearly you can see that I'm not worthy, right? Because I'm seeing I'm not worthy. So clearly you can't. So I'm about to pull myself back so that you can't, you also can't see that this is the wound that I have. Instead Girl, of being You like, are preaching. You're preaching. And so and, and so again, I want you to recognize that might be Anika's wound, but you got to get clear on your wound when she said, I'm overworking for a friendship that I already have. Because then what begins to happen if you're not careful, you take everything that somebody does as a slight against you without realizing one of the things that I say to Anika all the time, I say to myself, I say to my friends is, and, and nobody likes it. I don't like it. This mm -hmm. is the statement. It happened to you but it's not about you. Whatever the situation, this happened to you, but it's not about you. Like if somebody does something, it's really about them and what's going on with them. And it's hard to separate because all of us are talking about narcissistic. All of us have an egocentric right. mindset sometimes, whether we think we're all that or we think we're nothing, all of it is based on our ego, right? And so I'm constantly saying, no, babe, that, I know that that happened and that hurt. I'm not even negating the hurt, but you're saying, why am I not worthy when it's not about your worth? It happened to you, but it's not about you. That's right. Yeah, I taking things personal was my, I mean, everything was a everything was me. Every, why would you do this to mm -hmm. me? I can't believe that this happened to me. I took everything personal. And even now I have to be like, Anika, that's not personal. Like, don't take that personal. Yes. You, you have to tell, you have to change the rhetoric that your inner person is telling yourself. And the only reason, only way to do that is to talk to yourself, right? No, girl, this is not about you. And it will, it's still going to hit. Like, no, this was personal. Like, no, this is you. No, they didn't choose you because it's you. No, they choose, chose this person because it was you. No, it, it's it's about what they wanted or what they wanted to choose or something. We're going to cry. We're going to eat our Pillsbury chocolate chip. <laughs> we're gonna Anika, we're gonna talk about hey, ain't nothing. I can't stay. We're gonna do all of that. We're gonna do the things that women do. But we're also gonna tell ourselves the truth. It's not even if you have to say it over, it's not about you. Okay, so you said it shows up in it showed up in dating or in your life, period, is I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. And so what happens for you? Or let me ask it like this. What would you say has been your greatest pain point in dating at this point in your life? What is what is the greatest pain point? Is it wondering if it's going to turn into something? Is it trying to figure out if he's worth the challenges y'all are having? What has been your biggest pain point? I would say pr probably a combination of those two, right? Am I wasting my time? Um, am I... Am I going, because, okay, so a lot of my healing work has been knowing when to exit, right? That is still my biggest thing. Am I going to get in here and get in here too far that I can't pull myself out if something goes wrong? But what I've learned is, and I can see, you can see the growth patterns in your life. So, you know, yeah, no, nah, I'm, I, I'm, I think, or I know better about myself now. So I know that that won't happen because I know you deserve more because you know, I know who I am now. Does it make sense? So that part is probably my biggest thing. It's always in the back of my mind. If this go left, can I move out? Because we stay, we overstay in a lot of situations where we shouldn't. And a lot of times it's because if I could just did this, if I could just get this, if I could just get them to see this, or if they could just heal this part, we'll be okay. 
right? Yes, and yes. <laughs> okay, so question about that. Do you deal, okay. And one of the things that Latrice said in my conversation with her, she said at this point in her life, she's a little bit over 50. She says at this point in her life, she's not interested in helping somebody build something, right? She's like, I'm not interested in helping somebody build. We need to be headed toward retirement. Well, taking that a little bit differently to you, how do you navigate he got potential? Like, do you get stuck in that, but he got potential? If I could just help him with this, we would be good. How do you navigate that? It, well, potential is different, right? So it's not it's not like money potential or stuff like that, but it's like, I see this thing and all you love covers and heals it, right? So if I can love, and I've told this to Robin, like one of my challenges in the past would be like, I want to love you into loving me, right? And, and that don't work, right? That's not happening. So that's out there. But what I'm saying is like, be your gift can be very challenging to you. I have the ability to see things and people that may not be present right now. That's a hard thing. Like, you know, it may sound good in theory. Mm -hmm. but that's a hard thing when you're in dating and I can see you and I want you to get there, right? Mm. And I know that my toolbox may have what you need to get there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Here's the, the gotcha. We all have free will though. So you may not want my toolbox. Even if God provided my toolbox for you, you may be like, yes. that. And Nanika, you're yeah. sitting there like, trust me. Trust I got me. you. But I, if he doesn't I, want it. He doesn't want it. Or he may not feel like that's his toolbox. And here's another part. God can tell you, now I don't believe it's one person for everybody. But God can be like, no, this is a good situation. You know what I'm saying? Because we all go in and ask and inquire. My friend, like, I'm very like, what y'all what y'all think? What y'all, do y'all know anything? Do you mm -hmm. see anything? Do you hear anything? So I'm which like, is, wait a minute, which <laughs> is the point of before you take his name, there are 13 questions you should ask yourself. But this is just a guide. I like to call it, it's risk mitigation. There's nothing that's going to take away all the risk, yeah. but we can answer some of those questions. But to your point, you can ask, finish your statement. You can ask your friends, but... Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's still on you, right? And for me, I think that's a little bit of a challenge for me sometimes because I understand why people do the things that they do and why they are the way that they are. And understanding that doesn't mean I have to be in it. And that's a hard place to know, right? I understand. I know why you do this. I know that you was hurt. I know that this happened to you as a kid. I know that you made these decisions. My person gives gratitude for that. I give space for that. Like I'm, and we talk about this all the time. I'm equipped for that, right? Like I have that type of, you know, they call people healers, right? You know what I'm saying? I have that type of thing where I don't, I have enough capacity to handle that. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter though, because sometimes it's just, it does, it's not it and they don't want that. And so you got to know when to say, okay. Instead of being like, no, I see it. I see it. I can make this happen for you. Be like, okay, that's fine. If you don't want it, it's okay. Well, you know what you just said. I think if we go back to knowing your wound, often we love others in the through the lens of which we desperately want love. So if you have a wound of abandonment, then 
you want people to stay with you and love you despite anything. I got you. I got you. You desire that. So because you desire that so much, you will give that. Yeah. I got you. No, I understand you. I can help. You, I promise. But it can keep you on a cycle of destruction because, again, if they aren't in the place where they are ready for that level, it doesn't matter how much you love yeah. them. It doesn't. I told most of my friends and even myself, you can do 15 jumping jacks and 50 back walkovers. That's not going to make yeah, the fine. person be what you want them to be. Okay, so I have another question. I know we're about to start wrapping in a minute, but I have another question for you. Do you feel like there is a stigma that you face? Let me give you an example. Folks like to say Holly Berry is bad to the bone. Mm -hmm. she Holly can't keep a man so it must be her what's going on with her so do you feel like there is I'm not saying that I think that I'm saying that's what's out there oh, yeah do you believe that there is a stigma Anika with being well over 40 single never been married with no children does that ever come into your thoughts um <clears throat> I to be very honest it doesn't from a what a thing of there's something wrong with it. Yes, there is a rhetoric out there that says some must be wrong with her. She must be crazy. When I look at myself, if I'm very honest with myself, I would had he allowed me to be married back then, I would probably be divorced, miserable on drugs, like not on drugs, but like on medication, that type of thing all the time, because I can't imagine the pressure I would have been putting on another person to fulfill what I needed to be fulfilled. Now, does it work for people? Yes, I, I, I've seen it. Like I've seen people heal through it. I may not have been able to, right, in a marriage. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what mentally or emotionally what that would have done to me. So what I tell people when they ask me, because men always ask, so why are you single? I'm very honest. I really was not ready. And I didn't know it at the time, but I know it now. And I would rather be in a relationship with someone moving forward, even if I, well, I'm not having kids because seven, even if, you know, even in the late stage, I would rather move into it healthy that I don't have to go through a lot of stuff that I've seen my friends go through, or I would have had to go through. It's a different, this is a different trajectory because I'm a different me. And I'm not saying that it wouldn't have worked. It might have, but we would have went through a lot of hell, Robin, because I went through, sorry. We would have went through a lot of things, Robin, because I went through a lot of things. My friend, I told y'all my friends, uh, they don't play no games. So she done called, she done used the N-word. I'm sorry. This is a friend. friend. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny what be happening out for these souls for me. We live to say anything. I'm the person that'll be like, am I on speaker phone? <laughs> Absolutely. I have a couple of more questions. I remember okay. I needed to ask you, how does your faith, because again, Anika, and I want y'all to know, Anika is not a church and then brunch only believer. You love God and, and your life is governed um, by him. And I, I hate saying this. I'm not saying she's perfect because I think that whole thing, I'm not perfect, can be a um, scapegoat. But she, I'm not present, presenting it like she's an angel sitting up in the clouds of perfection. I'm just saying she loves God. How does that play a part in your dating life? How much does your faith and your expectation of his relationship with God, how does that play a part? Um, can we be real honest right now? 
Okay. So Anika 20 years ago and Anika now is very different in her faith. 20 years ago, you, I mean, you was had to be speaking in tongues. I was literally about to say that. I was literally about to say, he better be speaking in tongues. He's not doing none of that. It's not happening. Anika now is very different. And not because of time, but because of maturity in my faith, right? A lot of that was Anika's stuff. Not because God said that. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. And we got to be so careful that we really say what God is saying and not what we're saying because of our own wounds and our own battle scars. Mm -hmm. A lot of things was, no, because I'm doing this, right? So I'm self-righteous in my own stuff because I can do this and I cannot do this and I cannot do that. So he has to not. And that's not who God is, right? He's very loving and and in everything, friendships, romantic relationships, there's a yin and a yang. So you got to be able to give credence for that, right? You have to, sorry, you have to be able to give space for people to be people. And so my desire is always to show them Christ. And it's not to berate or say, this is what you should be doing or how you should be doing it. Now, I can know who you are and take that and say yes or no to right? Yes. 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 It doesn't mean you don't love Jesus. And I think mm -hmm. that's for me, that's the biggest aha. Cause we, we would be so, I would be so quick to say, well, you know, he not fruit saved. Nigga. I mean, Anika, what are you even saying? But here's Wait, what will tell, tell the people again, he not what? He not fruit saved. Girl, but it's important to you that he has a relationship with God. You gotta love him. Whatever that looks like for you, that's different for everybody. And I think if we could understand that, if we could give ourselves a break and other, if we could give ourselves a break, we'll give other people a break. I Absolutely. was holding myself to such a standard because of my wounds. I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to be, I'm the best Christian. I could do this. I could do that. And I, that was projecting. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, so girl. I get it like so they much. Could, they could. Nobody felt like they could measure up to that. But if I'm just Anika, the real Anika, who I really was, that I say nigga all the time. You know, like I, I may say hell. Uh, I say uh, I say I do us. But I am in such a place of freedom, and that part I think freedom with a light is very attractive, right? Not browbeating. Not you got to go to church every Sunday. Not you know what I'm saying, like not the rules and the regulations, but the relationship with Christ is very important. And you can tell my relationship looks different than somebody else's. But you can definitely tell if there is a relationship with Christ. I knew, I knew any me, y'all, she had to put me on mute. I, this, this, talk about her being prophetic. I had a little prophecy on me too. I literally was about to ask her why I hadn't heard Shiloh, her dog, which I'm terrified of her dog. Here he come. Y'all know I'm terrified of shot. Look, look at this. Look at this. Mm-mm. She you know I don't... that's the main reason why I can't come to um Seattle. Don't let her tell you that. I already told her that once she comes, I will take Shiloh to the sitter. I will do that for her. The sitter lives down the street. It's fine. It's not a problem. That's how I know she loved me. Okay. We got two more questions. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. We got two more questions. The next question I want to ask you um is first of all i loved your response to that and i and i love the genuineness of that if 
if somebody just happens to be scrolling through social media and they happen to come across this here blog, uh, uh, video or one of my listeners are watching and they like, oh, wait a minute, my brother <laughs> might be a good, <laughs> she's so gorgeous. What are a couple of things that are important to you at this age, at 47, which I know is different than 27? And let me just say this, dating in your 20s is totally different than dating in your 40s. Like all of y'all, Anika, have told me very clearly, I have not been in these dating streets. Y'all have told me, Robin, <laughs> you don't know nothing about this life, okay? About it, you hear me? So what are a couple of things that you're saying, this is important to me in a romantic relationship? Consideration is the most important thing to me, which means consider my feelings, my emotions, how something would affect me, impact me. If you really care about me, just consider me. That's all I'm asking. It doesn't even have to be, we don't have to maybe have a conversation about it. But before you do that thing, be like, this might not go well. You know what I'm mm. saying? It might hurt her. This might damage our relationship type of thing. Consideration. Like I, and I'm, and I think that that covers so many other things that have to happen do you know what I'm saying like yeah I respect that it could be honesty loyal all of those things to me falls under consideration I just want you to consider me I just want you to not take yourself too seriously because I've learned how to not take myself too seriously and want to enjoy life you know and want to give and and sow into the lives of other people that's it and I, I know okay, it's silly silly question to that not silly, not silly, but more, um, what's the word? Uh, is it surface or more? I can't think of the words. Let me just say, do you care how much money he makes? Superficial. That's what I was looking for. Do you care how much money he makes? I mean, yes and no. Because no, girl, no. I was going to say, Anika is one of my friends. Anika is one of my friends that challenges me to upgrade at all times. Remember we were in California and you were like, what you're not going to do is choose a regular Uber ever again. I need you to choose Uber X. Girl, I didn't even know that was a thing. Ever since I've been telling Lee, baby, I got to do Uber X. So I need to know, do you care how much he makes? Because you bougie. I, so <laughs> I, I just need, I am always, I have always been a one pot mentality person, right? But I do need you to be able to take care of yourself. That's it, you know, and I mean, and and I need you to be able to not say I only got one week a year to go on vacation. I, that doesn't work for my lifestyle. Does that make sense? And that's not a bad, it's not bad if that's your thing. But for me, and I don't, I don't want to not travel with my person. So we can only take one what vacation. You will. What you will, you don't have to go ahead and leave them. <laughs> I don't want that. So... Well, wait a minute. This is my second interview of a friend. Last time it was Latrice. Now was, I'm talking about in this dating series where both of y'all had said something about vacationing. She, I asked her, would she marry a pastor? And she said, yes, if he can go on a vacation every season. She said every season, summer, <laughs> winter, spring, and fall. Even if we just got, we just got to be able to do some getaways. Like it's very important for your own self and especially for couples to be able to get away. You know this, you know, when you, know. you and Lee go together, like you, it's a whole different Robin that come back. You know what I'm saying? And I just, right. That's all I'm saying. And so that is very important to me. 
I need you to yeah. want to get away. If you don't want to get away, here's the thing. You could be a millionaire and be a workaholic and not want to get away. That's not going to work for my lifestyle. Okay, that's fine. I get you. He could be I'm asking you <laughs> if homeboy can't go into the Delta lounge with you, are you going to be dating him? Yeah, I see. I can, Anika, if he can't go into the Delta lounge with you, is he qualified to date you? He just got to be able to take care of himself. That's. I'm just being honest. I don't know what that what that looks like, but you got to be him able to being able. <laughs> you did not answer my question. I'm gonna leave you alone. He don't have to be able to. He he. See, I got her stuttering. What he what? I I can go into the Delta lounge, so we can go into the Delta lounge together. But you still, you I'm. One pot mentality, but also this is going to be one pot mentality, but you still got to be able to take care of yourself and you still got to be able to want to take care of me. And when I say that, I don't mean I'm staying at home and you paying all the bills. I mean, you recognize who I am and you want to sow into that. Do you know what I'm saying? I, there's no dollar amount for that. But my friends would say, you, T, all of y'all <laughs> would be like, yeah, she probably it's probably not gonna work for her. <laughs> you gotta have a passport. Because okay, I, I just wanted to put you on the spot on this here Zoom, on this here podcast. But I let me say this: I have done it, and I and that and the issue, the the reason why it didn't work wasn't that. You know what I'm saying? And you also got to be okay with that. What if I do make more money than you? Are you gonna be okay with that? Because I'm still gonna treat you like a man. I'm still gonna honor you and respect you, and nobody would ever know it. But are you gonna be able to be okay with that if I make? Now, it? now I'm with you on that. And a lot of times, that's the issue yeah, that I, ego begins to come up. Okay, last question, then we gotta go. Um, what would you tell that? I had another number, but I'm gonna go out even further. What would you tell that 17-year-old girl that felt abandoned, even though she didn't know the word abandoned? What would you tell her from this grown adult's perspective when it comes to dating? What would you tell her? A few things. You're chosen already. You're loved already. Date multiple dudes. It's okay. Enjoy your life. Don't take yourself too seriously. And at the end of it, it's going to be everything you thought it could be. Anika, I am going to send this, that last line to both of the teens that I am raising to make sure that they know exactly what you just said. I'm going to say, Auntie Anika got a message for you. Yeah. Well, I love you. I, I love, love you so Thank much. Thank you so much for this. This was great. I've cried. I've laughed. But this, this is really what our conversations are like all the time. I cry, this laugh, I, I do a little bark. I mean, we may not always look this fabulous while we have these conversations, but like, like, we might have that hair right now. Can we give can we give a, a moment of appreciation for all of this that is Robin made right now? Flip go come on, Robin. Let, let us see it. Let Let us see. You were so you proud made. of me with this color in my hair, huh? Let me tell you, I am proud of Robin May. Do you hear what I'm telling look, you? Look, we might have on, I might have on my um my do-rag. Anika is over there with that. With a, you normally are working out, having just finished working out. <laughs> Anika's the one who's taught me how to handle my girlfriend Zenobius, who stressed me with stretched me with this color. You told me how to take care of my edges. We all in this thing together. Anika, I love you. I know that women are going to be blessed. How can they follow you on Instagram so that they can DM you and tell you how much you bless them? Um, my Instagram is Anika Kai. So that's A-N-I-K-A-K-A-I. -A -A 
I I'm on it. I check it. I may not post as much, but I'm just, I'm really grateful. My passion is always, and it was funny. I'm gonna say this last thing. My passion is really, really young women because I just really would desire them not to have to make the same mistakes that I did. So the fact that you said you would give it to your daughters means a lot to me because that's my thing, right? I love young girls, whether you got a daddy in your home or not, there's things that we go through as young women that can either set us on the right course or derail us. So I'm always oh. a girls. I know. So come come back. So, so you're gonna girls to me. What process what program <laughs> we've been to put together? What no, don't worry, don't worry about it, people. We're gonna have something soon. Love you, sis. I'll talk to Love you next you time. All right. Thanks, Robin. Bye. Well, girl, that's it for this episode. I already know you have at least one aha, one takeaway that's going to help you continue to live intentionally fully engaged. But before you go, girl, I have another opportunity for you to take your investment into you to the next level. Listen, you and I both know that there are some patterns that you have been dealing with for a long time. You and I both know that there's just something that you can't seem to identify that's keeping you from getting to the next level. Or maybe for you, girl, maybe this one is for you. Maybe things are good, but you just know they could be better, but you just don't quite know what the missing piece is. Well, after some prayerful consideration, I decided to offer to all of you what I'm calling bite-sized breakthroughs for busy women. Listen, girl, one of the things I hear all the time is, Robin, I just don't have the time. I truly want to get a PhD in me, but when in the world do I have the time? Well, I have you in mind with bite-sized breakthroughs for busy women. Listen, girl, this is your no-excuse path to identifying what you need to understand so that you can see, experience, and curate the life you love. Bite-sized breakthroughs is your opportunity to discover what's necessary to push past what's stopping you one aha at a time. This is a low investment, no risk opportunity for you. So stop what you're doing right now. Head on over to robinmayonline.com slash breakthrough. robinmayonline.com slash breakthrough. This one is for you.